Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hi, Adriel. Welcome to episode 220. Hi, Jody. So excited to be here. How are you? Great. Let's um, talk about our guest today. Yes. So our guest today is amazing. We have Dr. Rolanda Wilkerson on our show, and she is senior director at Procter & Gamble. Of course, we call her Dr. Rowe. Um, she just shared so much great information with us this week. This is an episode, um, tell your friends, if you um, are, or a friend are thinking of entering STEM, this episode has so much incredible career advice. Yeah, she is so knowledgeable. I took in so much from her episode, just on one end, like the crazy science that's behind scalp care and hair care to the other end of just great career advice that she gave us. Well, this is going to be a great episode. I'm sure a lot of people will take great notes. And I have a feeling that Dr. Rowe will get a lot of LinkedIn messages from young people um, in college or graduate school ready to enter the yes, field. Yes, I am so excited for our listeners today. So let's get into it. Without further ado, I'd like to present today's guest, Dr. Rolanda Wilkerson. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Happy November, everyone. Today, we are continuing in our health theme quarter. So many aspects go into having good health these days, from taking care of your mental health to navigating gut health. But today, we'll be focusing on our hair and scalp. Today's guest is a woman who is beyond knowledgeable and truly understands the technical ins and outs of hair and skin science. Dr. Rolanda Wilkerson is a 19-year veteran of Procter & Gamble. She has worked with many notable brands that I'm sure many of our fans know and love, such as Olay, Secret, Pantene, Head & Shoulders, and My Black is Beautiful. Dr. Wilkerson is responsible for working behind the scenes with dermatologists, clinicians, and P&G beauty scientists to develop and report on the latest and emerging skin and hair technologies in the industry. She has extensive experience both inside and outside of the lab, ranging from very upstream research on hair color, shampoos, and scalp care, to skin science. It is clear she has a deep understanding of women and their hair and skin care concerns and needs. Dr. Wilkerson, who we'll call Dr. Rowe, is also someone who has struggled and shed tears over her own hair while growing up, which is why her work today focuses on minimizing those tears for others. After all, she knows it's about more than just hair. It's about feeling good about yourself. She knows that the hair on her scalp is what makes the biggest statement and ultimately affects how we present ourselves. Dr. Rowe has found a way to emerge her two loves of science and beauty, all while helping to educate and provide for those looking for an answer to their hair and skincare needs. I am so excited to introduce Dr. Rowe, Senior Director at Procter & Gamble. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Thank you for having me. What an awesome script to read about your journey oh. and your career. I'm so excited to dive deep into it with you today. Thank We're going to have you. a lot of fun. Thank you. So um, the first question I'm going to ask you is my favorite because we're a career journey show and, you know, we have lots of places to go for tips and tricks and podcasts about beauty, but this one's really all about career. So let's go back to your 11-year-old self. What do you want to be when you grow up? Well, my 11-year-old self was into all things uh, science, like science fair projects, exploring externally. And that is because my mom was a 36, well, she is a 36-year retired school teacher. And my dad retired from a, school, um, a plant, a chemical plant. And so science was kind of all around me and they exposed us to so many different things. So I really didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but what I knew I loved was 
experimenting, not just on science stuff, but also with hair and playing and makeup. So those two worlds eventually merged to the career that I'm in today, but it wasn't actually something that I aspired to and connected the dots way back when, when I was 11 years old. So um, how old were you when you realized you can have a job in science and beauty at the same time? I was well into my doctorate degree program. I say to a lot of the younger girls who start to, and kids who start to experiment with beauty and uh, play around with different types of formulations, like with makeup, et cetera, I say, oh my gosh, if I knew back then what you know now, I can only imagine where I would be today. And one might look at me and go, oh my God, but you're in the most awesome career. I I do agree. I might've started this career earlier. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I am far from a scientist. (laughs) I've never been a scientist. I'm super curious. Like, what is your everyday? Like, are you like wearing goggles and a lab coat? Like, what what is happening in your job? As a scientist, once you reach a certain point in your career, especially when you're in industry, you're working with teams that may work at the bench to formulate and design products. So a lot of the work that I do, I do go into the lab. I get a chance to actually do that with the teams in the lab. But I also work to inform our choices around ingredients, um, types of products we're going to formulate, um, types of products that we look at to compare our products to, testing with dermatologists to determine the efficacy of our products. So it spans the board from design to when it hits the shelf at launch. And then the other interesting part of my job is I get a chance to actually do what I'm doing with you today. Talk about one, how we continue to get more people into the STEM fields by making scientists more visible. That's one of the missions that Ole has, which I, which is why I love the work that I do as a part of this brand, because we are on a mission to really bring more women into STEM. So for me, it's doable. Internally, I get a chance to work with scientists and engineers for formulation. And then externally, I work with dermatologists to, to test those products to prove out that they work. So it's not just us saying that they work. And then talking to people like you to really educate people on the opportunities in the career field, and then also educate on why skincare products work. So in the early years of your role at P&G, because you've been there a really long time, so kudos for P&G being so awesome that you want to keep working there. That's awesome. Um, In the early years, were you that person on the bench mixing things? Very much so. Yes, yes. I was actually that person at the bench, in the basement of a building that really seemed very academic. So one of the things that PNG does is that we go out to showcase to graduate students who are working on PhDs that we do a lot of research in beauty care and then across other functions and businesses, we do that fundamental research. And I had a chance to come in to experience that. And when I was hired, I actually started working at the bench designing uh, products. And some of those technologies were upstream like 10 years in the making. So that just speaks to the level of innovation that's there, the level of research and design that we put into our products. And it's been an honor to be a part of that journey um, with this company and, and in beauty. So can you point to something at the drugstore that you actually mixed and, you know, noodled with at some point in time? 
Yes, I've, uh, some of those products we no longer make. So some of those are actually in the hair colorant space. So I've had a chance to work on hair colorants. I've worked on uh, curly hair products for women of African ancestry. Many years ago, I also worked on skincare with Olay. So yes, a lot of those technologies are on the shelf and we're continuing to innovate and make them better, which is why it's so exciting that I'm back on a brand like Olay because we continue to understand women's needs so that we're better developing products to meet those new needs because our skin is not the same. Our skin, the external environment that we're in right now is not the same as it's been so many years ago. And so the skin actually has to really find that that balance. And if it's not in a healthy state, it struggles to find that balance in terms of moisturization and a healthy looking state. And so as our environment changes, our habits and practices change, our research and development has to keep up with that so that one, our formulations and our ingredients are bioavailable to work with the skin. Okay. I'm, I have like a really far out there question, like outer space question, mm-hmm. but I have to ask since you worked yeah. in um, hair and scalp for so long, why hasn't the world invented a pill I can take so my hair doesn't turn gray? You know what? I was thinking the same thing this morning. <laughs> I went into, that's a good question. And that means the research is still happening. I actually went into the dermatologist this morning for my yearly kind of skin check. And, and I looked into the mirror. I was like, if there's one thing that I could get, it would be to turn these gray hair fibers <laughs> in a different color. But it's all good. It's part of the maturation process. I um I'll show you. Our fans can't see this, but I actually keep a gray stripe. Um, you I'll see do that you. in my hairline. Um, but this you. is how gray I really am. Like I would be a whole head of gray. So it's just like a little nod to you know um, the yeah, reality, the wisdom, and the wisdom. <laughs> I call it wisdom. My wisdom likes to curl up a lot on the sides. <laughs> yeah, they're very like wiry on me. The grays. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I like having this little secret, little secret attack of gray. Um, there you go. There you go. It shows your wisdom. <laughs> so, um, you know, you've done a lot of different things in the space of science. Um, in this job right now, what is the most rewarding part? The most rewarding. And I would say, <laughs> I was talking to my kids and they're like, is being a nerd bad? I'm like, no, mommy's a nerd. I've, I, I geek out and love some good data. Like, to be able to test, to develop products and then test against other products on the market. And you see from the data and the numbers, like, oh my gosh, wow, this product outperforms this other product that some people think are really good. To see that data and our hyaluronic acid product is one such example, the new Olay hyaluronic acid product, where we've gotten some amazing data that shows that we, we are far better than the next best gel moisturizer that's out there. And so to see that level of, of data to come out to prove that our products are effective, and then also when we test with women and then they experience the product, even in early stages when the product is not on the market, and they give us verbatims like, oh my gosh, this has made such a difference for my skin. Can I get it right now? That is rewarding. You know, some might say, hey, it's just beauty, but beauty um, skin care and hair care can influence how a person feels about themselves. It can make some somebody's day brighter. And that's the reason why um, product we are do we do what we do. And it's called product development and then also products research. And the core goal of, of the work that we do at PNG is to touch and improve uh, people's lives all over the world every single day. And I can say that I work on brands that do exactly that. What's cool to me about what you're saying that a career in STEM amounts to is 
you, you can, I guess, just be doing lab science all day, but you're also doing like consumer insights. Yes. It sounds like, yes. you know, marketing kind of feels like a little bit of every single function exactly. is um, built into your role. My role touches all of those. And I have to be able to be agile. We call it at work being agile. Um, and I think after working in the industry for 19 years, you get a chance to experience so many different areas. And product development is just that. It's just, it's not just one aspect. You can have a formula or a product a skincare product that works really well. But if you can't communicate why that product works well, for example, if the ingredient only sits on the surface of the skin to moisturize and why it's so important to have other ingredients in that product to work together with that within the upper layers of the skin cells so that it continues the moisturization longer, you have to be able to communicate that in a way that people understand it. You have to have claims and benefit spaces that are substantiated as well as communicatable to your external world in commercial copy, et cetera. So for me, I touch all of those spaces and I get to see how that all comes together like a beautiful puzzle. Um, we don't always get it right. And so that's the part of research and development to make sure that one, if we don't get it right in testing, we go back to the drawing board. And we do that with hundreds of scientists, lots of marketers, designers, as well as communicators. Let's um, make this even a little more personal. Um, earlier in your life, you struggled with your hair and finding solutions when you were younger. How do those feelings um, show up in the work that you get to do? It connects back to me personally because it is at the root of who I was as a child or who I am as the, the child in me. Um, and the other part of that that's not included in there because I did a TEDx talk on hair. So that's it's a lot where that messaging is coming from. But as we think about skincare, it wasn't just my hair. I went through a stage where it was also acne. Uh, where I can remember my mother and my father taking me to the dermatologist so that I could get my skin checked out. Um, what's the right ingredients and products that I needed to use? But then looking back on that time too, we didn't know what we know now. Like I know certain types of uh, retinoids, a retinol can be very harsh on the skin if you are not using sun protection. And so looking back on it back then, Looking now back on what I experienced then, it had an emotional impact on me. But I also know that my parents and I were not armed with the information that's available today. And so for me, that's why it is so very important for us to educate, communicate, inform, as well as be transparent in what's in our products, how we develop them, who's behind them, right? Because we're people too, so that others can understand, oh, this is how I'm supposed to use these products or this is why it works. So you ask the question, you know, how does that impact me now? Um, it makes me much more empathetic, I believe, having experienced the trials of not being happy with my hair as a young child, having experienced the trials of being concerned about my skin and, and not feeling really positive about that. So it's my goal in the work that we do is to help people feel better about their hair and their skincare journey. And I'm glad I get a chance to do that, um, especially through Skin with Olay. Dr. Rowe, you use the word empathy, and I think it's such an important one to talk about yeah. in, around career yeah. journey, around um, even just like um, identifying with the end user customer. Yeah. I think it's the secret sauce to yes. being um, effective as a leader, yes. but also effective in reaching your target. I'd love to hear how that shows up in your work beyond your own personal um, 
experience? Sure. The way that it shows up is uh, we we say every single day, you know, we are here to develop products, but we're also consumers too. I have three kids. Um, one's 10, one's nine, one's six. My mother, my cut. I, I mean, I have family members who also um, encounter different challenges with their skin and with their hair. And they come to me and will ask, well, what do I need to use? Or what should I use for this or for that? And it's even through those conversations or even when I walk the aisles at the grocery store and we see our products on the shelf and I pause to and look and see how people are shopping to understand, okay, well, you know, what are they looking for in, in, in their skincare? What are they looking for in their hair care? We take those insights back and we definitely consider them. Now there's power and data. Of course, we run studies to prove or disprove, um, but we also take into consideration what we know to be true and the connections that we have as well. So for anyone listening who's maybe in graduate school or thinking about graduate school in the sciences um, or not even considering graduate school, but just wants to get um, their undergraduate degree and start working, uh, what is some of the advice you'd give them if they're thinking about a career similar to yours? If you're in graduate school, my biggest advice is to make sure you're reaching out to others that may be in fields that you aspire to be in. There is power and connection and power and mentorship. And that's the other rewarding part of my job. Um, as we've declared uh, STEM as a major area of focus for Olay to really double the number of women of STEM and women of color in STEM and trip double number of women in STEM and triple the number of women in color in STEM. Now I got it right. So that we are, one, bringing more women in, like I said earlier, but also being mentors to those who seek to enter into the field. And there's power in mentorship. I had mentors, which is one of the big reasons why I've progressed in the STEM journey that I have progressed in. And I have mentees who I've been just really blessed and honored to be able to be a part of their lives, to mentor them and watch them even from freshman year up through graduate school, for example, getting a degree in toxicology and then coming in and working in PNG Beauty. And so I've been a part of that journey. Make sure, but she reached out to me as, as a mentor. You have to reach out. In many cases, people are willing to, to help. It might not be in the capacity that we envision or you might envision, but it can be in some capacity and all it takes is just a little. I want to repeat what you just said because I want people to really do it. Yeah. If you like make a list out of 10 or 20 people whose careers you admire mm -hmm. or you're fascinated by, reach out to them on LinkedIn, yeah. find a way, introduce yourself. Two or three of them really will respond back. Yes. Um, you just have to try. Yes. Exactly. I'll use the example. I got an email um, yesterday and actually two days ago, and I didn't respond right away. And she emailed me again, said, Follow, following up again, I'm trying to see if we can uh, reconnect. I want to do some career mapping and would love to, to sit down and talk. Now, she sent me an invite for an hour. I responded back and said, hey, I have 30 minutes. Now, we might get 30 minutes another time. But that's just an example of all it takes is a little bit, right? Um, I've gotten requests from people on LinkedIn and I've said, here's the time that I can talk. Or if I can't talk, I might give them a few points to go and look at, some research to go do, think about, and then come back and let's discuss. And so just reach out. Uh, people in many cases will make a little bit of time. Again, it might not be the amount of time that you might need in the moment, but you'll find your way there. I also, um, I love getting these types of emails and messages too. And often, depending upon the request, I'll actually pass it to someone who's more junior on my team, who's a little closer yeah. in age to that 
person who's reaching out because it was a long time ago, you know, that I was starting my career. (laughs) You can't tell. You can't tell. (laughs) But somebody who's, you know, just five years in, it's much fresher. And of course, things have changed. So you just never know. You have to like just be brave, take a deep breath, send a nice, short, um, clear message that you're looking for some support here and somebody will respond. But you have to take that first step. That's right. So I want to shift gears a little bit to um, a topic we talk about a lot on the show, which is um, how we define success as individuals and Mm -hmm. the industry at large. And when I started my career, I thought success meant money, of course. Like, that's just like what I saw in the movies. Um, My definition has changed enormously through the years. I'm so curious, um, you know, when you first started, like maybe like two years into your job after graduate school, do you remember how you would have defined success? Success back then, um, graduate school was one, getting my PhD, right? Landing my, my first job and then performing at the highest level. And so what that means is in many cases in corporate, people will say, or whatever manager you're working with, um, here are your deliverables. So it was delivering on my work plan. And then what could I do to go beyond what's on that work plan that really makes an impact? I still think like that today. However, the amount of pressure, I would say, that I might have felt early in my career, I don't feel that level of pressure now. And it could be um, maturing through the process and, and understanding how to navigate uh, relationships, uh, the importance of engaging and not just putting my head down and saying, I'm going to do great work because we all know there's there's something called pie and there's performance, image, and exposure. Now I know it's not just about success and doing the work great, but it's also uh, success in having good relationships, effective relationships, and then also making sure that if you're doing the great work, people know that the great work is happening. And so when all of those three three things happen in good balance, um, I'm at peace. I'm at peace because I know that I'm putting my efforts in in the right place and in a balanced place and and I'm not stressed. So for me, it's it's that, but then it's also doing what gives me joy and and also what gives me peace. That to me is success. I love that you said that because um, you know, fast forward many years and now, yeah, my markers of success are serenity mm-hmm. and and joy. Right. That's right. Um, and the other stuff is much less important. Um, it's an important topic for me because um, I'm an entrepreneur. So success has been seductive for me, right? I like reach a goal and then I'm like, ooh, I want more, What's right? Next? And then I reach another goal, right? Yeah. And um, I, I guess I've felt like in my career that sometimes there's a, a cost to just following that seduction, right? Just chasing yeah. after it. Um, so I'm so fascinated by how people move through this world and process the, the seduction, because I would imagine there's a lot of milestones that you've hit through your career and they're thrilling, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, I feel like sometimes I'm worried I'm going to give all of myself to following that seduction when there's so many other things in my life that are important to me. So I'm just curious how, you know, if you felt that seduction through your career and how you choose to navigate um, it calling to you? Yes. I, I Early on, yes. Because when you come in early into your career and even in entrepreneurship, you can fall in love with the title <laughs> or you can fall in love with the amount of dollars. And if you chase that, you're not necessarily chasing, well, what 
in me needs to grow and develop in order to get there. So you kind of have your your eyes on a prize, an end goal, but there is a a process. And if you're not enjoying that process, you're not going to be happy, right? And that's why oftentimes a lot of people uh, move from different careers or even with businesses, they decide, you know, hey, this business is not for me because it's not happening fast enough. So what I like to look at is what is what does growth look like for me? What does growth look like for me right now so that I'm not only having the biggest impact on my life, but also in the work that I do? And if I'm growing, I'm not only growing personally, but I'm growing the work that I'm doing. And then as a result, the, the next level and the next level and even the titles will eventually come. I love that. And I think people need to hear it, you know, to have that mm-hmm. reassurance that um, they can make their dreams come yeah. true, right? But they don't have to be, um, you don't have to be one dimensional yeah, to do that. You're right. You're right. And then also staying motivated by uh, challenges and, and new opportunities. I've never been okay with kind of today is the same as yesterday and yesterday was the same as the other day. Like that to me is is not growth. Growth to me right now is talking to you about how I'm giving up, how we can help give other women opportunity or other people an opportunity to to grow in their careers or maybe even define what their may, their career may look like or identify what their career should be. This is helping others grow. And if I can help others grow, I can also think through, okay, what's 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 next for me and how I'm growing, right? Um, mentorship and even relationships is, is a two-way street. You're not just um, giving or taking. It's it's both. And, and when you're doing that, you're going to grow from those conversations and relationships. So that's, that's what I like to focus on. Uh, Dr. Rome, so grateful for the wisdom that you shared with our listeners today. But I do have one last question. Sure. Um, for anyone who's interested, how can they reach out to you to either um, get your advice or to be introduced to someone who can help them on their career journey? Sure. I am very active on LinkedIn, when, especially when I'm doing professional things. I'm also on Instagram. So I'm on LinkedIn under Dr. Rolanda Johnson-Wilkerson. And then on Instagram, I'm Dr. Roe Wilkerson. Dr. Rowe, I'm grateful to you. Thank you so much for being the second episode of our health quarter here at Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And as always, for our listeners, please make sure you're following us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast to stay up to date on upcoming lives and all the fun we have along the way. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.